TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host... And we're back to Israel we go. Michael Freund joins us. He's an American-born Israeli political activist, nonprofit executive. He is looking for Jews around the world from the lost tribes of Israel to crypto-Jews, hidden Jews, Jews forcibly assimilated under communist rule, converts to Judaism. Uh, he's helping bring them from Israel, originally from the Upper East Side of Manhattan. He went to the Ramah School. He worked for Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. He worked in public relations and now is the CEO and founder of Shavay Israel, which helps bring the lost tribes of Israel to Israel. Michael, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Seb. It's great to be with you. Thank you. I know you found some interesting traces of Jews around the world, but I think Afghanistan is in the news right now. And I remember years ago hearing and maybe even speaking to you about the fact that the Pashtun tribe are really descendants of the Ten Lost Tribes. So I was fascinated by that. And now that they're back in power in Afghanistan, so tell us about their Jewish connection. It really is a um, an incredible story. Um, uh, it's been documented over the centuries that the uh, the Pashtuns, who are currently one of the, if not the largest tribe in Afghanistan itself, uh, have this strong, persistent tradition that they are descendants of what they refer to as Bani Israel, the sons of Israel. Uh, this is a tradition that was noted by Islamic travelers to the area uh, in the 13th century and in the centuries that followed. And certainly at that time, uh, there was nothing to be gained for the Pashtuns by asserting an Israelite ancestry um, in Central Asia. Um, modern scholars have also written about this subject. The late, uh, late president of Israel, uh, Yitzhak Ben-Svi, in, in his book in 1957, uh, called The Exiled and the Redeemed, uh, s- addressed the subject in a chapter um, in which he brought interviews that he conducted with Afghani Jews who had made Aliyah and who knew the Pashtuns firsthand. And he wrote extensively there about uh, the various Jewish customs that they had preserved, as well as this strong sense of identity that they had also maintained and passed on down through the generations. What are Uh, some of the customs that they maintain that are Jewish? Well, um, there's an Israeli scholar, Dr. Eyal Be'eri, who has studied the uh, the Pashtun community in India. The Pashtuns are spread out over a large geographical area. And he's noted, for example, that uh, some of them uh, perform Brit Milah, circumcision, on the eighth day after birth. Uh, some of them refrain from mixing meat and milk together. Uh, in some communities, the women light candles on the eve of the Sabbath. And uh, they also practice yibum, or uh, what's known in English as levirate marriage, uh, as described in the Torah, that when a, um, if a husband dies without any children, then his brother has the right to uh, marry the widow in order to continue uh, the brother's family line. 
Um, there are also similarities that have been noted between the, uh, the Pashtun's tribal code, known as the Pashtun Wali, and, and Jewish tradition. Um, but at the same time, uh, obviously we need to be a little uh, cautious on this subject, for, for, first for obvious reasons. Uh, the, the Taliban are a, a viciously uh, anti-Western and uh, anti-Israel movement. Uh, there, there are no known cases of Pashtuns who are looking to reconnect or come back to their Jewish roots. Um, but it does present an interesting historical curiosity, and perhaps even more than that, it presents an interesting opportunity for Jews and Pashtuns around the world to begin a dialogue with one another based on the possibility of a, of a shared uh, ancestral heritage. Has there been such a dialogue as, as far as you know? I know that various attempts have been made, uh, both in India as well as in other places around the world. Obviously, uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan right now are not places where, um, where Jews are particularly welcome to conduct a dialogue on this subject. Um, but we also, we also need to be sensitive to, um, to this, uh, the sensitivities around this, this issue. Um, because for the past uh, few decades, the Taliban and their fanatical supporters have done everything in their power to erase um, any part of the pre-Islamic history of the Pashtuns. Um, nonetheless, despite those efforts, uh, the tradition, uh, the belief in their Israelite heritage persists. And um, there have been DNA studies that have been done uh, to explore uh, any genetic connection that may or may not exist. They've come up with the evidence that has emerged from them has been very limited, uh, though there was an, an article that was published four years ago in a scientific journal, uh, which found that there was some type of genetic connection between Jews and the, the Khatak tribe, which is one of the Pashtun tribes. The Pashtuns are it's essentially an umbrella term for anywhere from 300 to 400 clans or tribes uh, that fall under that, that name. Uh, so there does seem to be uh, a strong basis for suggesting that um, at least some of the Pashtuns uh, do have Israelite ancestry. Now, in some cases, I remember, and if I spoke, I remember speaking to you in Israel, some of the Palestinian Arabs come from Jews, and because they have some of the Jewish roots, they've been in the forefront of some suicide bombings. They wanted to prove their loyalty to the Palestinian cause because they have these Jewish roots. In the case of the Pashtun, are they aware of the Jewish roots? Is that because there's a lot of hostility to Israel from the Taliban? Are they aware of these roots, uh, or is it just something which historians know, but it's not really discussed much in Afghanistan? They are very much aware of these roots, but because of the efforts being made by the Taliban, as I mentioned, to, to erase uh, any trace of their pre-Islamic history, it seems that the younger generation of Pashtuns may be less aware uh, than uh, their forefathers were. Um, you, you mentioned the Palestinians. This is um, another very interesting subject because um, we know that the, the Palestinians are a, a mishmash or a conglomeration of, uh, 
of various peoples who have migrated to the land of Israel over the past several centuries. And um, there are certain uh, families or chamulot or extended Arab families, particularly in the southern Hebron Hills area, uh, where it is known that they are descendants of Jews. Uh, in some cases, they are uh, descendants of Yemenite or North African Jews who were forcibly converted to Islam a few centuries ago. In uh, the city of Khalkhul, for example, which is outside Hebron, there's a very large uh, clan known as the, uh, the Shitrit clan. Um, and uh, during, the first during the first intifada, um, many of the worst suicide bombers of Hamas uh, emerged from some of the towns and villages in the South Hebron Hills, such as Tsurif and, and Khalkhul and elsewhere. And one of, the, one of the theories behind this was that um, because they were still viewed with suspicion by their fellow Arabs, uh, because of their Israelite ancestry, Jewish ancestry, uh, some of these clans sought to prove that they were no less uh, committed to the, uh, the terrorist cause by sending their youth to carry out suicide bombings against Israelis. Fascinating and unfortunate because you have traced Jews or Jewish, as you said, Jewish roots in the case of the Palestinian Arabs. I believe there was a study done by the Hebrew University and some from also me, Sinai, that have found the DNA evidence that linked them to the Jewish people. I believe they have an Ashkenazic Jewish gene. Uh, yes, there's been a lot of research done. Um, uh, Tzvimi Sinai has, um, has found many uh, Palestinian families who... Uh, who have preserved um, Jewish traditions and even uh, ritual objects that are centuries old uh, in their families. We don't know the exact extent percentage-wise of just how many Palestinians uh, have Jewish ancestry, but there is no doubt that at least some of them do. Michael Freund is our guest. He's the CEO, the founder of Shava Israel. They look for lost tribes, and they found them in the Pashtun in, in uh, Afghanistan. They found some in the Palestinian area. They also found in India. B'nai Menashe will talk about the fact that they've experienced gefilte fish for the first time. That's Rosh Hashanah. Imagine the Pashtun warriors fighting for Israel. It's a far-fetched idea today, but who knows? We'll be right back. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. 
We're back. Michael Freund is our guest, CEO, the founder of Shave Israel. They look for lost Jews, crypto Jews, anybody with Jewish roots around the world. We've looked at the Pashtun of Afghanistan. They're also working in India with the B'nai Menashe, who claimed they're from the tribe of Menashe. So far, they, Shava Israel has helped 4,500 B'nai Menashe Jews make Aliyah, with 6,000 still in India. And this year, alone 525 B'nai Menashe Jews made Aliyah to Israel. Tell us about the B'nai Menashe. Uh, the B'nai Menashe, uh, which is Hebrew for the, uh, the sons of Manasseh, um, uh, believe themselves to be descendants of one of the ten lost tribes of Israel, the tribe of Menashe, uh, who were exiled from the land of Israel more than 2,700 years ago uh, after the death of Shlomo HaMelech. Um, and the Bnei Menashe, uh, throughout their sojourn in exile, um, nonetheless continued to practice a biblical form of Judaism, and they continued to long for the day when they would one day be able to return to the land of their ancestors, the land of Israel. Uh, the first Westerners to arrive in the very remote part of northeastern India, where the Bnei Menashe currently live, were British mi missionaries and military officers who arrived over a century ago. And they were astonished to discover this population, which believed in one God, whom they referred to by the Hebrew word Yah, who kept the Sabbath, who kept kosher, who kept the laws of family purity, and who probably argued a lot among themselves. Um, and the British were convinced that they had discovered a, uh, a lost tribe of Israel. Now, most of the tribe converted to Christianity at the time, but there was a core group which refused to abandon the ways of their ancestors. And it was that core group which came to serve as the basis for what we now refer to as the B'nai Menashe Jewish community. Um, in the 1980s, the late Rabbi Eliyahu Abichayel uh, made contact with the B'nai Menashe, and ever since then, uh, the B'nai Menashe have been uh, returning to the Jewish people. And um, as you mentioned, over the past uh, two decades, we've been blessed to bring more than 4,500 of them on Aliyah, and uh, upon arrival, they all go through a formal conversion conducted by Israel's chief rabbinate uh, in order to remove any doubts about their personal status. And then uh, once they complete that process, they're just as Jewish as uh, you or I. And that's why you're giving them the filter fish? <laughs> well, um, thank God we've, uh, we've seen 525 of them make Aliyah. Uh, over the past year, and this Rosh Hashanah is going to be their their first Rosh Hashanah uh, in the land of their ancestors, the land of Israel. And Israel, as we know, uh, is home to a, uh, a tapestry of uh, of traditions, and um, gefilte fish is one of them. While we traditionally identify it with uh, with Eastern European or Ashkenazi Jews. Um, it's become fairly common in Israeli society. Even among Sephardic so, Jews? Well, I, I can see I are, Ashkenazi Jews are eating hummus, but are Sephardic Jews eating gefilte fish? <laughs> um, that may take a few more generations. Uh, but um, uh, some of the B'nai Menashe express curiosity uh, about this food because it's, it's so widely associated uh, in many people's minds with Rosh Hashanah. So we decided to um, 
to arrange for some of them to try it for the first time in their lives. Uh, some of them enjoyed it. Uh, others uh, politely referred to it as an acquired taste. I guess they're smart. We have a few moments left. Where, are, where else around the world are, are there lost Jews from the 10 lost tribes in places that you wouldn't expect? Well, uh, there are uh, many tribes and communities around the world which claim or assert an Israelite identity. And, and again, I think we need to be cautious in uh, when we examine these claims because it's very easy to get swept away emotionally and to, to start to find Jews in all types of places. And, and that's not what this is about. Um, we need to be serious in our approach. Um, one of the more well-known examples uh, is the, uh, the Lemba tribe of South Africa and Zimbabwe. Uh, the Lemba for, for many years had claimed to be descendants of Israel and not many people took that all too seriously. Uh, you may recall that um, a number of years ago, geneticists discovered what they referred to as the Kohen gene, which was a unique genetic mutation that exists almost exclusively among Jewish Kohanim, Jewish priests. Well, the Lemba have a particular family that served as their, their priestly caste down through the generations. So a non-Jewish academic had the idea to test the priestly family of the Lemba. Um, and sure enough, uh, the Petri dish does not lie. And it turned out that the uh, the priests of the Lemba tribe shared that same unique genetic mutation that is found almost exclusively among Jewish Kohanim, which of course would seem to buttress their claim of Israelite ancestry. Amazing. Uh, what about in Japan? So the, I, I spoke to a filmmaker who said they went in back of Japanese temples and found a lot of Judaic symbols there. Yes, there, there, um, there are theories that have been put forward that uh, the Japanese might be a lost tribe of Israel. There are websites that have been built about uh, comparing some of the practices of the Shinto religion in Japan with those of, with those of Judaism. Um, most scholars do not accept those theories as, uh, as accurate. But they continue to persist, and they certainly are worthy of uh, a further study. Michael Wilder, tell me, got to have you back again. If people want to learn more about Shave Israel, how can they do so? Uh, they could please visit our website at www.shavei.org. Thank you so much for being here with us. I look forward to having you back, and I want to find out more when you do a bigger sampling of your filter fish beyond the 525 and see what the reaction <laughs> would be. I'd be happy and curious to see. So thank you, and Shana Tova to you and your family. Shana Tova. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, HawklineNetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or JewishPodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.